Welcome to this week's episode of the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast, where we explore how founders and leaders work together with their right-hand partners to turn ideas into action and build wildly successful businesses. Today, I am speaking with Julia Leibowitz and Evan Keston. Julia is the co-founder and CEO of Cabinet, an intelligent scheduling platform. She began her career as an executive assistant at a venture capital firm in North Carolina. Today, she lives in Denver with her husband, toddler, and cat named Lego. When she's not building cabinet with her team, she enjoys skiing, going to concerts, and walking around the lake with her family. Evan has a diverse background, including defense engineering, product management, and academic research. After receiving his MS from Cornell Tech in 2018, he started Cabinet with his co-founder, Julia, to bring administrative professionals the same kind of tailored software support that he enjoyed in the various roles of his career. When he's not working on Cabinet, you can find him building hobby electronics projects, 3D printing, or making incredible coffee. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I think you will, then be sure to let us know in all the usual places, such as leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Hi, Julia and Evan. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, Hallie. Good to be here. Thanks. I, Julia, I remember when, I think when you just started Cabinet, when was that again? What year was it founded? Well, the community we started in 2018, or really launched 2019, so... Yeah, it's been a few yeah. years. Well, you know, I'm always so fascinated by EA, executive assistant software and products because they're just, just never, there's never enough for us and out there. So I was always excited to see when you launched around 2018. But for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with Cabinet, can you give us a brief history of the company? Yeah, definitely. So we started as a community. And the reason we, we built this community and online was because I had been an EA for a few years and in, you know, right after college and worked alone and just had no sense of what other EAs were doing and how to excel in my role and how to make the most of it and career development opportunities, just all that, not to mention, you know, day-to-day things like where to find a private dining room in London or just tools and and tips from other EAs. Mm -hmm. So when I went to grad school and we, Evan and I became friends, we launched this company to solve that problem for EAs. And it was during COVID that we started to see the demands for technology, probably because of the remote world, just really accelerate. And the community became a popular platform for EAs to ask each other questions and like, hey, we need a communication platform. We need a scheduling platform. We need this. We need that. And we, we found the scheduling component to be very, very interesting. And so we built a, started developing a SaaS platform for EAs to reduce the number of hours they spend scheduling every day and have a centralized location for a lot of their scheduling activity, you know, outside of the calendar, obviously, which we're not replacing, mm-hmm. but it's a sort of a calendar management platform, if you will. So that's where we are today. That's awesome. I'm always curious about how the names of companies come about. And so where did Cabinet come from and how was that developed? We chose Cabinet because it had kind of two meanings. The first was like at the time when we were a community, we liked the sense of the the meaning of the word as like your trusted advisors. So in like a presidential cabinet. And and we liked that connotation for executive assistants as, you know, strategic partners. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing we just liked that also it had that physical representation of an office where you had your store files, you store important important stuff, office stuff in your in your cabinet. 
Yeah, that, that's awesome. I think it also just speaks to that the intentionality behind the naming of the company. Like, I don't think often consumers or people in general think about how much thought goes into naming products, naming organizations. So I love that. Talk to me a little bit about how you two work together. Strategic business partners look, business partnerships look very different for, for everyone. So how do you two work together? And what do you think is the one thing that makes your partnership successful? Yeah, I think an important part of that is that Julia and I met in grad school, like she mentioned, and we were both in a very growth and learning mindset during that time. So when we started Cabinet, we, we started it with that mindset, with you know our eyes wide open to exploring different paths and, and really growing both the company and ourselves at the same time. And that hasn't left us to this day. So I think you know building foundation on, on that kind of a growth mindset is definitely something unique and, and what makes us work well together besides you know trust and, and all the other really important things that you just need to have a good partnership. How do you, like, what does that growth mindset mean to you? And how do you practice that? either individually or together as a team? Yeah, a lot of it. So, so we're not afraid to explore new things, to you know, try something radically different, test. We, we often test new features in, in very basic states with our own team or some advisors that we have before we decide what to build. But we try to really move quickly and, and try to do really new things. We also give that opportunity to our team. Our engineers tell us what they're interested in learning about, what they think is new in the current current world of technology and what they think we can do with the cabinet platform. And we use the entire, you know, creativity of our team to, to build our product, not just, you know, a top down, hey, this is what what we need to build. Let's do it. Excellent. And I'll add to, to that one tactical thing we, Evan and I do on a, we try to do monthly is a, like a, just a reflection where he and I have a PowerPoint and we track each month, like what what's going well, what's not going well and like action items. So we try to reflect on our mistakes and growth and grow from those. Because you're, you're co-founders and you're, a mis I, this may be assumption, but both leading the organization in, in some way, how do you just determine, how do you divide and conquer from that co-founder perspective? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the operations and, and strategy side of things we work together on, and mm -hmm. it's not like a you know, an odd number of, of founders or, or leadership team members. So where there's no real voting or majority vote rules, it's really we, we work until we reach an agreement with each other, which, which is something that you get as a benefit with having an even number of, of people on the team. So, so that's, that's an important part. And then, you know, on the tactical side, when there are more technology related, security related concerns, that's something that I mostly work on when there's mm. more, you know, sales or customer or partnership, you know, related business needs. That's something that Julia mostly works on. And then on things like product, we're usually working together. Awesome. How do you solve disagreements or work through those? If you're, it sounds like you work towards agreement, but there's got to be a time when I can imagine there's got to be a time when you really fundamentally disagreed and maybe had a different agenda. Like how, how do you work through that? Or maybe you didn't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, oftentimes we'll just defer to the customer Great. So yeah. we'll, that's always what we do. We'll say, all right, let's mock this up. Let's design this. Let's show it to, you know, a few of our loyal people. What have you, as you've developed this product for EAs, and I know it also is for leaders and business leaders as well now, although I don't know if it was in the very beginning, but what are some of the most common questions that you hear from executive assistants or about the executive assistant role? Yeah, this is a great question. We hear three, we've heard three main things mm. over the journey. Um, the first one, 
are EAs willing to upgrade their workflow? Essentially, like, are they willing to change their workflow for something better, faster? Like, are they, you know, or, or are they resistant to change? The second one is, do they have a budget or any influence to get a budget approved uh, in order to, to purchase your software? And the third one, and we're seeing this more and more uh, in recent times, is will AI eradicate the need for mm. assistance? And so we've we've overcome the first two by obviously uh, data, just showing showing investors or other thought leaders that may disagree with where you know we are our vision of the world. They've just been able to grow and show them uh, engagement and traction and numbers that reflect that those two thoughts. You know, are they are they willing to upgrade their workflow? Yes, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. They're all about productivity and efficiency and saving time. And then do they have a budget or influence? Yes. Like they are, you know, they support the, some of the most influential people in the organization. So it's, you know, it's, we have to do our role in helping EAs make that case, but we, we do a very, we're very active in that. Part. And then finally, this AI question, we're, be getting involved in this conversation as well. What I, I'm, that, yes, that is like a, the topic of conversation right now, particularly in the, the executive <laughs> assistant world. So what are your thoughts on that so far? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Where do you think everything's going? Yeah, I think assistants like every professional in every industry are going to need to adapt in some way to make themselves, you know, use those tools more to make themselves more productive. I don't think mm -hmm. it's going to replace them. I think it's going to be something that you know, the best assistants are going to evolve to start using to their own benefit. It, it's, it's really, it's just a tool and, and it means to an end for a lot of different things. It's useful, but it's not a person and it's, it's not replacing anyone. I, I do think that as tools roll in more AI into their products, and obviously at, plan, at Cabinet, we have plans to do that as well. It's going to be something that people are going to learn to use, take benefit of. And then with enough time, I think people will realize just like they realize with past waves of AI development that in the end, it's, it is just a tool and you should be willing to use it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, and I, that's, I'm hearing the similar things too. Like, in fact, I think it's a great opportunity for EAs to continue to leverage technology, software, SaaS companies, AI, all of these tools, because it does get you out of the, at least partly out of the minutia mm -hmm. and into more strategy or project-based work, which of course I find more interesting. And I think a lot of force multipliers and chiefs of staff and EAs do as well. So how do you and your team use Cabinet day-to-day? -day and like, what are some of your favorite features of the product? Yeah, we, we, we use it all day, every day, because we're scheduling a lot of meetings now is with customers, you know, investors or vendors, you know, employees. So we're, we're doing our own scheduling and we, we use it just internally test. And so we've, we've been big, big, big users of it since... Uh, days, Julia, since she wasn't EA, she she knew how brutal scheduling was. I didn't know how brutal it was until I was <laughs> doing it all day, every day for myself. So very, very serendipitous that we happened to have this amazing scheduling tool that I could use to make it less miserable. So so that definitely use it all day. That's awesome. And what's your favorite feature? Mine is the shadow holds feature. So we are used to, as EAs are used to putting, placing holds on the calendar when we have some times we've offered that we don't want to accidentally book over. Um, but what's unique and exclusive to cabinet is you can, in the view of the calendar you see in cabinet, 
you are able to track the times you've offered in these things called shadow holds that are on the calendar on cabinet, but actually not on your real calendar. So you're not cluttering your calendar with actual holds. You can, there's a way to automatically place, make those shadow holds appear on your real calendar. But we, I tend to use mostly the shadow holds because I'm offering times all day long and I am forget them. So this is my way of tracking them. Yes, I love that, particularly how it doesn't, clutter up the actual calendar because my executive's calendar often has hold, 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 like everywhere on the calendar. Love that feature. That's awesome. Evan, do you have one too? Yeah, Yeah, Shadow Holds is a good one. I I would say Calendar Insights. It is a much newer feature of the product. It's super cool though to me. It's, it's, you know, for the first time being able to use an amazing amount of, of data analytics and data visualization on your calendar but with you still being in control of how that data is represented. So you have full control of, you know, which meeting falls into which bucket, how you want to express that to yourself, to your executive. And it's super easy to do replacing hours of work in Excel or, or, you know, trying to export your whole calendar, your executive's calendar. So I think the time savings from that and the value that it brings, even to people who may not have previously been doing calendar audits is, mm-hmm. is super effective. Yeah, that, that's that's really cool too. We do... I don't know what, what you typically recommend, but like we will do a, a calendar audit probably quarterly. I don't know what you typically see on your end, but yeah. So anything that can make that process faster and more efficient, that's awesome. Yeah, we see quarterly for sure. And and one advantage of having a platform that does this for you is if you keep everything up to date on what's called a weekly basis, you mm-hmm. can do them weekly if you'd want or bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. The data is always there. You don't have to redo the whole calendar audit. All the data stays there and we do a lot of automation to keep new data automatically categorized for you. Oh, very cool. That's awesome. Speaking of scheduling and and all of those things, as I'm assuming very busy founders and leaders, how do you, I just find it fascinating how founders structure their day. How how do you kind of break down your, your days and then how are you communicating with each other to handle and your team to handle competing priorities when you have to shift priorities? Are you, you know, how are you tracking that and managing that and keeping those lines of communication open? Yeah. Yeah. The schedule, I'm sure everyone, everyone listening knows schedule is not always up to you, but yeah. my best to, to have a structure. Usually my internal meetings with my team are in the mornings to make sure everybody has, you know, they're equipped to do what they need to do for the day, answer any questions, get things moving. External meetings in the middle of the day, any, you know, external stakeholders or, just ongoing ongoing meetings that I need to have with with folks from outside of cabinet towards the middle of the day. And then in the afternoon and later on, I'm doing a lot of my individual work, you know, getting a, a bit more into the weeds when the day is wrapping up and there's nobody trying to, you know, compete for mm-hmm. attention or for, you know, my time. And I can kind of think in a more fluid state about something that I'm working on more deeply. And for communication, interestingly, working remotely actually helps for that, I think. Yeah, everybody is really accessible. There's no offices, there's no doors, there's no headphones, right? There's a, a we use Slack and we can ping anyone at any time. And we've never had a feeling of, am I bothering someone or are they in a meeting? Right. All all these tools are 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 really well built such that you can you can ping someone if you need to ask a question and they'll get back to you as soon as they can, start a conversation with one click. So, you know, you do lose a lot of things being remote and not in person, you also gain a lot of value for communication. Yeah. Yeah. I think we abuse the huddle <laughs> feature. Yeah. Was your company always remote? Are you a completely remote company? I guess is the first question. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're completely remote. It didn't start out that way. 
COVID yeah. obviously had a big impact on that. Right, Initially, right. Julia and I were, were, we met in New York in, in grad school in person, so that's where we started. But since COVID, we decided to go remote and it's been a phenomenal decision. Our, our team is from around the country and it's, it's, I have not once looked back and said, you know, oh, we should have stayed in New York and hired everyone in New York and been local. It's, yeah. it's been a good decision. Yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. Julia, what does your kind of day look like? Do you have any kind of cadence to in rhythm to your weeks? I am... I don't have a uh, thoughtfulness behind my calendar, which I am trying to use cabinets, calendar insights to actually help create more, uh, just give me a perspective on, on where my time is going. Um, but it's, I try to meet with a customer every day to have feedback on the product uh, in some fashion. Uh, so I've got two calls today with current users who's, who are going to give um, some of their thoughts, just extremely you know, kind and generous of them to do. And we're going to, you know, I, I do um, customer calls with potential, you know, customers with teams of EAs and teams of admins. Um, love showing them demos. I get so much energy mm -hmm. from showing a demo. Um, so I try to do a demo or two every day um, as well. Awesome. What do you, do you have, either of you have morning routines that you are committed to that prime you for the day ahead? I, I do not do anything until I make a cappuccino every morning. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's a good <laughs> Routine. It's uh, it's it's. I draw latte art, so that I know how my day is going to go based on how my art comes out. It's, it's called, <laughs> you know throwing sticks or, or burning ashes, and so that's a good what's the, color. What's the most complex latte art that you can do? Rosetta, like a tree with a heart on the top of it. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm not at swan level yet. Can't do a swan. <laughs> but I'm there. And he recently did it, the cabinet. Oh, really? <laughs> that's, that's cool. Can I find that on Instagram somewhere? I'm sure. I think it's right I think so. Or Instagram. Cool. Julie, what about you? Do you do you do anything that kind of helps you get ready for the busy day ahead? Oh, right now I have a two-year-old and I am still just getting, I'm still getting used to the change of schedule that that has had, the effect that has yeah. had onto my schedule. So right now I am getting more sleep than we did like a year ago. Um, right now, just like, let's get that. Let's empty the dishwasher let's do all our like housework getting ready to school making breakfast and all that fun stuff um and then once my husband takes him to school i have about 30 minutes to drink tea and look at my email and then i'll start my that's my awesome day. that's cool got a couple more questions for you i'm assuming there's been some challenges as you've been building this business i mean any entrepreneur knows that there's challenges along the way. Have there been any big challenges that you can share with us either in the business or, you know, w working with each other and how did you work through that? Yeah, I can, I can get one from, from at least the product and, and tech side. You know, yeah. when we first started cabinet, we knew we were working with assistants and we knew that most organizations that have assistants are larger and have a lot more emphasis on security. And so it wasn't, it was very different for us compared to some companies that just build for the initial set of who knows who. We had to build with enterprise level security in mind from day one. And that's, it's very difficult to work quickly and keep security front and center when you're, when you're really early. But it's something we, we weren't able to compromise on and haven't compromised on. And, you know, as time goes on, that becomes easier as it becomes part of your, your process. But starting that way and, you know, not being able to even ship to one person without being confident in that enterprise level security was definitely a, a challenge for us up front. So did that just prolong the initial, like the initial launch phase? 
initial launch phase, you know, especially as we dig more into things like analytics, where, you know, obviously it's a very data intensive feature. We're, we're constantly looking back on it, testing, making sure that we're, we're building it super securely. The initial launch for sure is a big part of it, but it's an ongoing process. And we've grown organically um, from the beginning. I mean, with a community that was uh, part of a goal or a hope. And but with with organic growth, you do uh, come across customers that right they have their whole team of EAs, their whole enterprise, their whole company that wants to use. Um, and so it was like it did cause a little bit of delay in getting some of those building some of those relationships until we had that in place. But now it's we're very happy we made that investment. Um, have like stuck to our uh, intuition on having like incredibly good security protocols. Yeah, so important. And it's only, I'm sh- well, you know better than anybody, it only is going to continue to become more and more important. And what a smart decision to to focus on that in the beginning. Absolutely. So your company's mission is to simplify the administrative burden and create more time. So what's next for you both and what's next for Cabinet? Well, <laughs> we're continuing to, on our mission to create more t- um, We've we're trying to quantify that time. So with scheduling, we are have gotten some of our heaviest schedulers down from, you know, spending almost eight hours a day managing the calendar, like 90% of the time doing calendar management, uh, reducing that down sometimes by 75%. Um, when those people are really complex schedulers, like they're doing group meetings with multiple time zones, um, you know, like pe- lengthy email chains, or they're building those charts in Excel to gather that availability for everybody. We've been able to help dramatically, um, especially in those complex areas. So we're continuing to measure the impact and you know, iterate there on the scheduling tool. Uh, but I think we're both really intrigued by um, the rest of the workload um, that EAs or people managing um, kind of administrative responsibilities have, like booking travel, corporate travel, and, um, doing their expense reports when they come back from a trip. And so we're intrigued by that and we're intrigued by obviously AI and how we can use AI to continue to um, be smarter and, and work fast. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see all of those things come to fruition. And uh, thanks so much for joining. Thanks, Allie. Thank you so much, Allie. Good to see you again.